Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. In this week's episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Rachel Downer. Now, Rachel is a property investor in and around Peterborough, so exactly where Rob Moore and Mark Homer of Progressive Property do their investing. I meet a lot of people and they say, oh, well, I can't invest in my local area because there's already a big investor there. They surely take all the deals. So I thought it'd be helpful to hear from somebody who's not only just investing in an area where there's a big investor, but they're investing in the area where there's one of the biggest investors progressive property themselves. So hi, Rachel, thanks for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. More than welcome. So um, I guess, who is Rachel? So for everybody listening in, before we get into the how do you do property right on progressive's doorstep, um, which everybody's going to be really up for, um, who who is Rachel? And I guess tell us a little bit about Rachel pre-property. So what were were you doing? Yeah, so I've got five daughters um, and I suppose when, when I first started the family, we were living in London, and at that time I was actually um, a management consultant in a, in a city firm, so completely different life altogether. Management consultants in a city firm, what, I mean... What does that mean? Yeah, what, what does, does that mean? mean? Yeah, so um, city being London, and uh, what we would do is go into organisations who were struggling in, in many different ways, analyse what the issues were, and hopefully help them to improve and become more efficient. Okay, so what type of businesses? Oh, anything. Anything. Any, any business, right, yes. So so I used looking to be at a, processes. I used to be a quality manager, auditing systems, ah, procedures okay. in, in Langer Works. So I did like ISO 9000. Not that my listeners care. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's very important. <laughs> it's, yeah, so, so we actually probably did something very similar. It would be very yeah. similar because it was all about improving efficiency yeah. in the organisation. So did you do Six Sigma? Like green belt, like black, you know, I've... Um, improve, define, analyze, improve, control, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we didn't la- label it that, but yes, yeah. ex- exactly. Um, oh. so we, we used to use the post-it system, yeah. and we'd go in and we'd have post-its all over the wall, which would just kind of synchronize the processes that the firm were using, and then right. basically we tried to remove post-its so they could remove parts of the procedure to become more efficient um, and not to spend so much time doing things. Okay, and then that was when you lived in London? Mm-hmm. What that happened was when I lived then? in London. And then I actually had my first daughter, decided I quite liked her. Um, you never know. Until so you kept you, her? I kept her, yeah, yeah. couldn't send her back. Um, <laughs> but actually at the time I was dropping her to nursery at 7am, picking her up at 7pm and thought, yeah, I'm probably going to have more children. I can't be doing that. Did you know at the time you'd have four more? Oh, no, it was going to be two, 2.4 and a dog, you know, that's what we had planned. Um, so uh, decided I liked her, but the management consultancy and family life wasn't going to work. Right, so what did you do then? Um, Bizarrely, actually, somebody popped a leaflet through my door, which was uh, to do house cleaning. Okay. Um, and the leaflet itself was really unprofessional looking. And I said to my husband, you know, cleaning, um, we could, I could do something like this, you know, because uh, that, you know, that was a very brief discussion. But once I've got my teeth into something, I start looking into it um, and actually decided because of my commercial background, commercial cleaning was going to be more my sort of thing. Right. Um, and actually, we decided to buy a franchise. 
Okay. Um, so we bought a we bought a franchise. So a commercial cleaning franchise. Exactly, cleaning anything that's not a house. Okay, so like so offices, shops, etc. Yeah, exactly. And where was that based? London as well. Or? That was London and Surrey. Right. Um, so and then yeah. you started just when you buy a, a commercial cleaning franchise. Does it come with the already existing customers? It can do. Our particular one didn't. So right. basically, you got you get a geographical area that you're allowed to work in. Yeah. Um, and you build up your client base. So at right. the time, it was really just myself and my husband, and that was our that was our business. Right. We did all the cleaning. We did all the admin. How do you build up a client base of a cleaning business? Um, I mean, you get quite a lot of support from your franchisor. Um, right. So they they guide you, and you get. On quite a lot of extensive training when you start up, right. but it's pretty much cold calling, knocking on doors, um, begging for business. Um, wow. Yeah, okay. and I so think at the beginning year, you accept anything. That? that would have been 20, 2003, 2004. Okay, and you still do that? Still do that, yes. How um, has it grown? It's been good, actually. It's been good. It was a, it was tough. It was a, you know because I say to start off with we did everything. Yeah. Um, and now we have around about two hundred staff. Um, which is great. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very lucky with my team. They're brilliant. Um, as I say, we were in London at the time. We yeah. now live in Peterborough. And that business is still based in, in Surrey? And yep. So the operational side is all London and Surrey, um, whereas my office is based up here. So yeah. I have a, a kind of an office-based team which does all the admin side of things, if you like, and right. then the ops team, which are down in London. Do all the cleaning and stuff. Yeah, Okay. Exactly. So. So you got a leaflet through the door offering you cleaning. You decided that you were good at cleaning, so you'd set up a cleaning business. And now you run a cleaning business, but you don't actually do any cleaning. Exactly that. Yeah, Excellent. it's working well. It's yeah. working well. Yeah. And then, so you moved. When did you move to Peterborough? Uh, that was when my uh, number three child, number four, uh, twenty. 2007. I noticed that when you get to the three or four child, you'd lose track of which oh, one. Oh, they're numbers, yeah. yeah they're just, numbers. <laughs> just numbers. Uh, so, yeah, it was 2007. 2007. Yeah. And then, um, had you at that stage had any interest in property? Were you doing property? What was. Do you know, just one. We had bought a, a really small buy to let property in, in Leeds. In um, Leeds. In Leeds, because it was something like £20,000 for okay, a three so, bedroom house. So, the. Person living in London with her husband and the first couple of kids decided to move to Peterborough, had a cleaning business in Surrey, and just randomly decided to buy a house in Leeds. <laughs> it Why was, Leeds? It was it was cheap. You know, that's all we could see, and it would it didn't really need much doing to it, and it was going to just be a single let. How did you come um, across that? My husband found it just on right move to be. He was just looking around, and actually, ironically, we sold that house to buy the franchise. Oh, wow, um, okay. So we bought it before we did the cleaning. Right. Um, it was just like, okay, let's do this. Um, and we sold it to buy off our first right. business. How did you make profit on it? Oh, yeah, it doubled oh, yeah. in value. Doubled yeah. in value. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. And then, so you've got, you bought the buy to let in Leeds, you've rented it out, you sold it to buy the cleaning business. Mm-hmm. A few years passed by, you moved to Peterborough. Yeah. You didn't bother doing any other property in the meantime? No, other than what we lived in, you know, our yeah. home. Right. And then what made you then decide? Do you want to do property? Did you get another leaflet through the door saying we buy houses? You went, you know do what, you know? Da- you know what, Mr. Husband, oh, what's, your, what's your husband's name? Lee. Lee. See, she. So what happened was she was in London doing this job, and she got a leaflet in the door saying they do cleaning, 
and she decided, I'm going to do cleaning. And then a few years later, she got another leaflet through the door and it was, we buy houses and showing, you know what, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> so if you want Rachel to do something, just shove a leaflet through her door. If the kids are listening, if Lee is listening, that's all you got to do. But what actually Fair happened? Fair shout. <laughs> uh, we actually went on a family holiday. Right. Uh, and sitting on the plane and the guy next to me was reading um, one of Rob Moore's books at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, an orange one. I can't, I can't remember exactly what it's called. Well, but so anyway, I'm Rob reading. Moore's written about 17 books. Exactly. It could be anything. So I'm reading over the shoulder, which I know you shouldn't do. And then eventually I asked him the name of the book and then ordered it uh, and then read it. And that was uh, multiple streams. That was multiple it. Multiple streams, yes. property income. Read that when I got home and thought, I like the look of this. This has got options. Did you know at the time he was from Peterborough? No, I didn't know that. No, no idea at all. Um, and then we um, just went on one of the Masopi, the yep. three-day events, uh, to find out a little bit more what, it's all, what is it all about. Right, so on the back of the Multiple Streams of Property Income book, Progressive run an event called Multiple Streams of Property Income, abbreviated to MSOPI, Masopi. Yeah. So you attended that event. What year was that? That would have been uh, 2016. 2016. Yeah, 2016. Okay. Yeah. And did you do any property in the back of that? Yes. Yes. What did you do? Um, so we, we did quite a lot of training after doing Masopi. We signed up to numerous courses yeah. um, and particularly liked the sound of the HMOs. Um, right. so, so houses in multiple occupancy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we ended up buying two properties in Peterborough, yeah. um, which were residential standard family homes. Okay. Did it, um, when you came to multiple streams of property income, in 2016, at what point did you had you realised before you showed up that Rob and Mark were obviously obviously you knew when you got the invite that it was you were coming to an event in Peterborough. Yeah. But did you from reading the book? I guess you knew they were Peterborough based. Yeah, from reading the book because so. they give a huge number of uh, sample yeah. deals that they'd done. Did, um, how did that make you feel? Did you, if you can remember back, did it make you think? Um, this will be more difficult in Peterborough because they're here or did it make you feel well if they can do it here I can do it here what no I think the former definitely especially right. when you when you come here uh, there's maps everywhere with like monopoly houses um, pinned into the maps which show all the properties that they have and there's walls covered with pictures and I'm like oh this they've got it they've soaked it all up um, and actually we started looking further afield maybe going a little bit further north right. uh, to see what we could do now, what then made you think, do you know what, I could probably do it on their doorstep and... Do you know, i tell you what, it, um, we obviously did the courses yeah. um, and spoke to lots of the trainers and other people who had been through it, uh, who are so encouraging and said, no, there's enough, there's enough for everybody, which is true, you yeah. know. Um, but also, I think looking at their journey, they were so much further ahead in their journey than I was. Yeah. And I thought, actually, rightly or wrongly, I don't know. They probably don't want the stuff that I'm going to be focusing on at yeah. the beginning of my journey, so I thought give it a go. Yeah, but also, what's the population of Peterborough, roughly? Oh, good question. A um, few hundred thousand? Oh, many, many more, yeah. Man, it's, yeah. It's so, a bit, yeah. What, 500,000, probably, something like that. Yeah, probably. I mean, we're, yeah. we're a city, so there's got to be quite a, yeah. quite a lot of us. And then if you think progressive, Rob Moore, Mark Homer, they've got, let's say they've got 13, 1,400 properties in our tenancies. So not even properties, but tenants. Um, across HMOs, SAs, singlets, blocks of flats, whatever, that they either own, co-own with JV partners or have under management through their let's business. So maybe 15 odd hundred tenancies. That might be four or five hundred houses. Yeah, if when you, you line them up in Peterborough on a decent sized street, yeah. they probably only own one street. To be honest, when you break it down like that, yeah. yeah. So yeah. 
for a small time. <laughs> I'm not telling them that to their face. <laughs> I'm going to get banned. By the way, you be you are in the middle of a progressive property podcast. If you tune in next week and the host is not Kevin McDonnell, it's because Rob Moore and Mark Homer <laughs> heard me say they are small time. So um, enjoy your future host. Um, but you're a brave man. <laughs> um, so you start. You thought I'm going to do it on my doorstep. So you yeah. got a couple of HMOs. We did, and actually we completed on the first two within a week of each other. So it was it was a very much throw yourself in at the deep end right. um, because both properties were requiring back to brick yeah. refurbishments. Then that was what year? Uh, so beginning of 2017. 2017. Yeah. And then what happened next? They were really successful. Love. We worked with uh, investors, and we got them all up and running, and. The, they just kind of ran themselves, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and then thought, okay, that's great. Um, and got a bit more consumed back into the cleaning business and the, you know, the properties ran themselves. And then like everybody else, we got caught up in the wonderful pandemic. The pandemic, yeah. yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, rightly or wrongly again, just stepped back from everything. Um, focused How did the on cleaning the, business go during the pandemic? As far as our regular, what I call bread and butter money, which is yeah. your day, day-to-day office cleaning. Um, obviously that plummeted because everybody was having to work from home. Yeah. Um, but we were very fortunate in, uh, dare I say, COVID was quite good for us because everybody was quite paranoid about cleaning um, and we did a lot of biohazard cleaning. So kind of chemical fogging. You may have seen people going around with fogging machines. Okay, so basically um, you, you um, pivoted quickly yeah. So, so there's two types of people on the uh, on the planet, and if you're listening to this, you are one of two types of people. One is the person that finds a problem in every opportunity. So somebody has an opportunity, and you go, yeah, yeah, but here's the problem, and you look for a problem to not do something. And then there's the type of person who you clearly are, who um, finds the opportunity in the problem. I think so, so. You know, and it was like, okay, well, what do people need as yeah. far as you know, cleaning is required. And that was the demand. So, so you actually, pivoted into uh, biohazard fogging. You know, it's so a chemical fogging of buildings. We had some um, contracts, which you know, for things like banks and supermarkets, which did remain open. Right. Um, and and those sort of establishments had to make sure that their their customers, clients, yeah. felt safe in their environments. So literally on a night by nightly basis. So literally every single night you'd have to go in and do that. Go in and, and, and fog their buildings. So that would make you even busier than cleaning. Well, how often would you clean a building? During the pandemic, I was out a lot more than I had no, been. No, but I mean in general, pre-pandemic, well, how oh, often would I, I see. somebody... Monday to Friday would be standard, if not Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So you'd clean every night, typically? Yeah, typically. But then the, the fogging, you'd still do it, you'd do it every night as well? Do it every night, but there's so much more detail. So, you know, for example, if we were in for two hours every night, pre-pandemic, yeah. we were now in for four to five hours. Did so that mean so much more money too? Did they pay you more? They did, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. We got paid more. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard touchpoint cleaning. Everything that anybody could possibly touch in a building had to, had be, to be sanitized cleaned. and cleaned. Wow. Yeah. Did you physically have to pick the items up, or did you just this fog thing just like do um, its job? A bit of both, but the fog does its job, and once it hits the surface, it, it continues uh, okay. work doing its doing its magic. So you were in one of those businesses that obviously you pivoted, found something yep. that would work through the pandemic. Yeah. Um, did you come up with that idea immediately, or were you like sort of? in a period of panic first definitely a period of panic it was like holy moses what are we going to do the phone kept ringing saying i'm really sorry we need to suspend uh the contracts with you yeah 
um, which was a difficult time, especially when you've got to phone the staff to say, I'm really sorry, we haven't got a job for you at the moment, you know, yeah. the worst time. Um, thankfully, you know, thankfully or not, who knows whether it was a blessing or not, the furlough scheme did support a lot of our staff. How did you come up with the fogging idea? Who came up with it for you? Well, the benefit of being part of a franchise network is that, you know, you get um, advice and help. Right. Um, so as one of the directors of the Service Master brand, oh, I probably wasn't allowed to say that. Was I allowed to say the name of my business? I don't know. I did. Matter. Yes. OK. Does it matter? No. Just, just say it again anyway. We've got in there because we've uh, now asked the question in the middle of the podcast. Service so. master. No. So, so as one of the um, whatever is of the brand. So, uh, so. so yeah, one is, we, we met to see what can we do? What, what are people needing? Uh, and uh, the first answer was reassurance that people can come into their buildings and be safe because yep. people were obviously terrified. Um, and so talking out to uh, suppliers, what can we offer clients? Um, it was the fogging system, which right. is nothing new. You know, it had been used in hospitals and, and factories for many, many years. Yeah. It hadn't been used on a, on a, on regular, a yeah. regular buildings. Okay. Um, so we invested in all the machinery, trained the staff, uh, PPE and, and all of that sort of stuff. And mm. off we went. And with all of this going on, you had come, to, come and, and learned about Property 2016, got a couple of deals up and running. They were getting you some income coming in, pretty successful, even raised JV funding to do them. Um, and then you just forgot about property? No, it was always, I need to get back to that, because actually I So in the back of your mind, that. but not actively doing it? Precis exactly yeah. that, exactly And then that. when did you sort of get back involved then? Uh, where are we now, 2023? Gosh, we are already, aren't we? Yeah. So beginning of 22. Beginning um, of 2022. Yeah, it's like, okay, I, I need a kick up the backside. I need to find out what's changed, yeah. um, because you know, whatever industry you're in, things can change so quickly. Yeah. Um, so actually, I said to my husband, because it's always been our passion, we need to get back into this, we need to find out where we are, what we are, so on and so So what forth. you said to your husband was, have you received any leaflets recently? <laughs> yes, exactly. He's like, oh God, not another one. Um, and actually, we just signed up for um, another Masopi. Right, so you just came back to the multiple streams of property and come again. Exactly that. What yeah. happened then? Um, well, I met you, Kevin, actually. Well, I had met you before, but not in a, we hadn't had long conversations. Um, and the, the no money down strategy that you initially were talking about at the yeah. Sloppy uh, kind of rang some bells. And I thought, yeah, that, that's, that's something I'm feeling quite passionate about. Um, and so we signed up for, right. for the, for the uh, Mastermind course. Right. And then what have you done? So what have you been sort of working on since then, property-wise? Since then, um, to be one of the... I remember one of the very early things you said to me was find properties uh, and then decide what strategy suits the property rather than just focus on one the strategy. strategy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah, I need my gut, you know, I need to have my lines. But you, you were so right. So actually, we went out looking for properties um, and have been kind of filtered down the line of serviced accommodation. Right. Um, so we've done quite a lot of that in the last 12 months. Yeah. So how many units have you got? Uh, oh, gosh, units we have about 20-ish, 20, 2025. 20, wow, okay. And they're all in and around Peterborough, or have you gone further afield now? Gone a little bit further afield, so right. Peterborough and Cambridge. Um, right. And we're actually starting to dabble down south in the kind of Southampton area. Okay, why Southampton? Uh, I do have family down there, we're Bournemouth. Um, but it, to be honest with you, it was a deal that came up. It was a good deal. And I say, because I've got family um, who are also working in the property right. industry, they can they can support me. Right. So on, um, you mentioned no money down. Have you done any, what type of creative deals have you done? 
Um, a couple. Uh, one I get most excited about is uh, a, an old bed and breakfast that we took on based in Cambridge. Right, yep. Um, which, as I say, it's an old bed and breakfast which has got eight um, ensuite rooms. Uh, the, the gentleman who, who owns the business has been running it for about 40 years uh, and the building itself was, had, had not had a lot done to it in yeah. that time. Um, and if I'm honest, I actually spent, I first met him in May and I think we must have had lunch and tea and biscuits. I lost count of how many times <laughs> we finally kind of came to an agreement at the end of the year, so December. Yeah, so, oh, so May 22. Yeah. And you came to agreement December 22. P precisely. So yeah. six months chatting to people. Just chatting. It's actually yeah. really important for people listening to this where you, quite often you go to a viewing, you do the viewing and you make an offer or you make the offer too soon and then they say no and then you just forget about it. But actually a lot of the best deals I've ever heard from from people are stuff that took six months to mm. land. I think you have to be really patient. Um, because when you're working with, especially landlords where they've been doing it, it's been their life, it's their, yeah. their baby, you know. They've got to trust you yeah. um, and, and want to work with you and understand your ethics uh, and, you know, and just you as a person. Yeah. Um, so it, it took a while, but it was definitely worth it. So what have you done with the deal? So you, he's given you this property. How did you secure it? What did you Gave do? us so lots and lots of meetings um, and eventually we've... Uh, taken on the property on yep. a long-term basis. Right. Was this a property you found yourself? Nope, it was not. I actually met somebody else on the uh, through the Progressive Network yep. um, who were doing quite a lot of deal sourcing right. and they actually found the property and originally we were actually going to do it together right. um, but they decided that wasn't right for them um, so we took it on fully ourselves. Right. And then uh, did you have to spend much money doing it up? It was a big refurb, yep. So big. it was uh, about 55,000. Okay, and um, did you fund that yourself? Or how did you fund that? No, I, I didn't have that, those spare pennies sitting at home. So actually, um, I had an investor who funded the whole project, right. um, for obviously for a return uh, okay. on, on their Where money. Where did you find the investor? Within the Progressive Network, actually. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah. So a deal that you found in the Progressive Network was funded by another person in the Progressive yep. Network, and you get to have the property. And I get to have the property, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It, it all sounds very easy, doesn't it? But, it, but it, you know, it's, it's such an amazing network that you are put in touch with, whether it be deal sources, investors, builders, legal teams, yeah. every expert that you can possibly imagine. Um, and not necessarily within the property world, you know, yeah. they're just, you're it, always meeting people. Is that deal up and running now? It is. We opened on the 23rd of March. Right. How's um, it going? Brilliant. Um, I have to say, last weekend I was looking at my spreadsheet because um, our target is always to have about 50% occupancy as a minimum. Yeah. Um, and for the week, we'd been 100% occupied. So wow, I was okay. really chuffed with that. 100% for last week? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So it was really, so really good. Really good. Going really well. So um, enjoying it. What other deals have you done? Um, we have the, the Southampton one I mentioned to you is going through. Yeah. That is actually uh, an exchange with delayed completion. Okay. So it's, it's a flat. So you've exchanged um, contracts on the purchase yep. and then just delaying that completion to a future date. Exactly. So and we're kind of paying a rent each month. Yeah. Now, most people think exchange or delayed completion might be a few weeks or something. How long have you delayed the completion for? Up to five years. Up to five years yeah. delayed completion. To be honest, I used to, I'd never even heard of it. Um, but actually, through the education, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can delay it. So what is your... Is that up and running? Not up and running yet. Yeah. Um, it, I'm hoping within the next two to three months. Right. Um, and that will operate as a serviced accommodation unit as well. It's, yeah. it's quite near the docks in Southampton, so a lot of through traffic. Got you. Okay. 
Um, and have you done stuff? So you've done Southampton, you've done Cambridge, and now you're still doing things in Peterborough? Yeah. Um, so actually, just last week, we took on a, a five-bedroom uh, property near the, near the hospital, um, which will be serviced accommodation. Um, yeah. That we opened, we took it on, and we had we gave ourselves seven days to which I titivate, um, yeah. which basically every room was painted and all the titivation happened and we opened seven days right. later, um, which really, really pleased with that. Uh, and that's up and running as well. Titivation is a progressive Peterborough <laughs> word for refurbishment and improvement. Yes. For anyone who's wondering what exactly that is. But, uh, <laughs> it's a fair, fair explanation, yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of your restart because i see a lot of people you know they they come they maybe sit on a, a two or three day event they go away they try a few things and then life gets in the way like it did for you and re you, most of them never restart again how important has it been for you to have have made oh, that decision to restart it's so important it's, it's just uh you, everybody i think everybody has goals in their life mm. um and i suppose when i started it it was to be financially free yeah um or to do my job without having to worry whether I got paid an income. Yeah. It, it just so happens property does pay me an income, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I can see that it's going to give me the financial freedom that I want as I go through you know, the next 10 years. Um, so I'm, I'm in my, my early 50s. Right. Um, so I'm hoping you know, in the next 10 years, I can start winding down a little bit um, and spend more time uh, with my husband, who will also be retiring. Um, who knows what the kids will be doing, so on and so forth. But just not to have that pressure right. um, of going into the office every day. Um, because once the projects, what we find, once the projects are up and running, um, because I've got quite a big team, um, yeah. and this is my property team, they do the run the day-to-day -day operations of everything, um, which, is, which is fantastic. You've got a big team in property, but you've also got a big team in your cleaning business. So mm -hmm. for a lot of people, they also say to me, um, you know, I'd love to do property, but I don't have the time. So how do you balance the time between running a successful cleaning business with 200 plus employees mm -hmm. and doing property and having a refurb team and, um, you know, tenants and guests and everything in that business? How do you balance that? I think you have to accept you cannot do everything yourself. Um, and from a young age, you know, we're all told delegate. Yeah. Um, to outsource things. Right. Um, what's the phrase I, I learned at Progressive was to leverage. Leverage, uh, yeah. Yeah, and actually that's that's what I do. Right. Um, you know, so it, whether it be the cleaning of the uh, service accommodation units, the booking systems, even finding the properties, yeah. um, it's leveraged out. But because I know who to leverage out and I trust my team, I can coordinate it all. Got you. Um, uh, you mentioned no money down a bit. Yeah. So how... For a lot of people, again, listening, they might be thinking you can't do no money down. Um, have you been able to do property with none of your money? And what would you say to those who think no money down is not possible? I would say to them, do you know, I was one of those people. Yeah, I, I, when I first heard you say that, I was like, oh, I've never heard anything so ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll take my hat. You, you were absolutely right. Um, I did have to put a pound down for the Southampton Flats, and that was my own money, so there we are. But no, you know, in all seriousness, there are, you know, I work with investors who don't have time yeah. um, to do what they, you know, they want to get into property or they need a better return on investment in their money. Right. Um, so there are people who 
want to work with you. Yeah. Um, and again, once you've built up that trust and that relationship and they can see that it works, uh, yeah, it, it works. And, and yes, the opportunity is there. For people that want to follow you on your journey and, and maybe reach out to you and stuff, how can they connect with you? Um, well, Rachel Downer uh, on, on Facebook or LinkedIn. And, and my company is called City Build Property Management. So Rachel Downer, D-O-W-N-E-R. N-E-R, yes. On Facebook and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. And then City Build Property management. Property management. Limited. Yeah. Limited based out of Peterborough. Exactly that. Okay. Yeah. So really appreciate you coming on, Rachel, and sharing your journey. Um, for anyone, before we go, for anyone who is listening to this thinking, you know, is it possible for them to do property? Um, what, what would you say to them? A huge big fat, yes, it is. It doesn't matter what your circumstance. Um, as I say, when, when I first started, it was many years ago with, with our Leeds property, you know, and at that stage yeah. I had babies and everything running around. You know, now I've got moody teenagers and old and, and a big company. There is time and you can do it. It's just, I think, being focused yeah. and accepting that there's support. Um, and what I have learned in the property community is how open people are. It's not cloak and dagger. People are it's happy very to different share. To, to, yeah, it's very different to... Um, corporate life isn't it so much you know when i've had text message this morning someone saying do you know any builders anyone who could help me or of course no problem yeah. it really is a scratch my back i'll scratch yours and people help each other yeah because um, collaboration you all achieve more together so 100 so really appreciate you coming in and sharing Thank your you journey so with us so Absolute far pleasure um you have been listening to the progressive property podcast remember we're on itunes and stitcher out every single Tuesday. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. I've been Kevin McDonald. She's been Rachel Downer. You've been amazing and I'll see you next time.